listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And once again, I've done it. I found yet another interesting book. Another Sunday, another show, and another book that I know you will be interested in and it is called maybe it's you (laughs) maybe it's you stop wondering why you're single girlfriend and read this book okay so I'm going to bring on the author of this book which is Nikki Noakes hey Nikki hello welcome to the art of love Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So, Nikki is a graduate of Duke University with an engineering degree and a graduate of Harvard Law School, and this is her first book. So, obviously, we're dealing with a Mensa member. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. You don't know. Have you you tried out for the, to see if they'll take you? I have not. But you oh. know what? I've had so many between the bar exam and the graduate inter- the graduate school entrance exams. I think I've taken enough tests right. for the rest of my life. Yeah, you're too busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the website is nikkinokes.com, N-I-K-K-I-N-O-K-E-S. And of course, the link will be on my page. So how did you come to write this relationship book? Well, it started as a for me, you know, relationships, I think for women in particular, and some, and men as well, it's, it's just the most popular conversation topic, I think, imaginable, maybe besides, you know, some esoterica about sales and shopping, you know, but, but we love to talk about relationships, and I'm always, I've always been the person amongst my friends who has the most ridiculous and amazing relationship stories all wrapped together. And I started to realize that the only thing in common between me and my experiences and the people I've dated was me. You know, I dated a number of different men. They were nothing necessarily in common, but the experiences weren't what I, what I wanted them to be. So I started researching for my own benefit how to improve my relationships, and not just the experience of my relationships, but my philosophy about relationships. And in the course of that research, I realized that I think a lot of people could use that information. And so I decided to share it with as many people as possible and develop it into a book. So that's how we got to Maybe It's You. Right. Um, yeah, I actually came to that same realization uh, a little while ago. I'm like, oh, you know what? I think it's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good realization. Oops. It really is. It's very empowering. Yeah. I mean, I mean can it be that it's always them? <laughs> 
you know, your ego wants to think it's always them. But do you think, you know, uh, do you think that being too intelligent might hurt a woman to find helping to find a relationship? I think being too intelligent can only hurt if you are not open to learning and growth. If you if you're intelligent and it it brings you to a place where you think you're above correction or above additional information and it can't come from particular sources and I think it hurts you but I think in overall if you're intelligent and you're intelligent enough to know that you have so much more to learn in life then I think you're in a better position than anybody could be because you're capable of understanding information that can help you grow and improve your experience right so okay so you know go ahead well, and in, in terms of relating to other people, you know, I think that's another side of it. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to have the patience for people who process things differently than you do. Um, but, you know, overall, I think it, it, it's a benefit. So I'm that positive. Okay, good. We're not doomed. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay, so the whole book is a list of, or not a list, but it has the reasons why it could be you, and then, of course, it goes into explaining them. So we're going to go through some of these. And the first one I'm going to start sure. with is maybe you don't know what you want. Yes. That that topic, I think that's the number one um, issue that women face generally. I think we have this concept of what we think we want, but at the end of the day, we don't really have a clear conception of what we really do want. And, at the, and it boils down to what we need, what's going to help um, engender our growth, what's, what's going to spur our growth as a person, our personal growth, what's going to make us feel the way we want to feel as a positive experience. And a lot of times, most often, especially if women are unhappy in their relationships, I found that what you think you want doesn't line up to what you actually want or what you need as a woman. So I encourage my readers and I try to go through in my book a process of getting to the the base of what it is you really, really want, what you really need as opposed to playing guessing games with objective, arbitrary criteria like a guy's height or his specific income. Right. Yeah. You know, I heard a really good explanation of this actually just this week. Someone was saying, you know, well, if you're looking for jeans, then you're going to go to a jean store and you kind of know your size. So let's say you're size, I don't know, seven or I don't, I don't buy jeans. So I don't know what sizes they come in. But OK, think, let's, say, <laughs> let's say size tw- 28. OK, so you're going to try on okay. the 27s, the 28s, the 29s. You're not going to try 20, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, all of them. Right. But I think that's if you don't know what you want, that's what you do. You try on everybody. Exactly. You try on everybody, you waste a lot of time, and you you also, when you, the, the other problem is that if you think you wear a size 28, or you, you want, in another style you wear a size 28, to so continue with the jeans example, and you go and you, you expect that this 28 is going to fit you, and it doesn't, and you're unwilling to try a yes. different size <laughs> to find the proper fit. I also find that that's the other side of, of not knowing what you want. You know, it's, it's the fit that you're looking for. It doesn't always have to be, you know, what you expected. Yeah, you're going to try to squeeze into the 28 even though you need a 29. Exactly. You can't breathe. It's uncomfortable. 
but <laughs> damn it, you're going to squeeze into there. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, so another one would be maybe you want to be single and are in denial about it. That's very interesting. Yes. Well, you know, there are there are times in our lives, in our development process, where we really just actually need to be single. We need to be by ourselves. We want that time to to grow, to understand ourselves, to, to live on our own, to do exactly what we want to do without having to take another person into account. And it's fine. That's perfectly fine. But I think in the society we live in, we're so pressured to be in a relationship. We're just surrounded all day long, all the time by relationships and discussions of relationships. So we don't think that it's okay to claim that time for ourselves where we really do just want and need to be single. And so in that part of my book, I say, you know what, if you want to, if you're in that space and everybody enters that space sometimes in their life, maybe more than once, Mm -hmm. acknowledge it and accept it. And it's okay. Don't find yourself subconsciously pushing people away and, you know, ruining otherwise perfectly good relationships or friendships with, with men that you encounter just because you're not in the right space and you're forcing something. You know, so it's, it's an encouragement to give yourself that space if you need it and to be self-aware enough to recognize when you are in a space that you do want and need to be single. Yeah, and it's good to go there once in a while, actually, instead of just jumping from guy to guy. Exactly. Okay. Moving on, maybe you don't think you need a man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a man. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, you don't in ways and you do in ways, you know. And and, as an empowered, you know, professional woman who is savvy and successful, in a lot of ways you don't need a man. You don't need a man to make you successful. You don't need a man to complete you. You don't need a man to define who you are, and that is a beautiful, beautiful place to be in. But you do need a man if that's what you want, if you want the companionship of a man, if you want to have a relationship with another person and grow in ways that only that type of experience can bring you, that you know, the, that type of growth. And if you want to have kids in a traditional way with a man, these are things that you do need another person for. So... You know, I think it's, it's, it's great to be empowered and it's great to be independent and it's great to be able to do so many things on your own and you know your life won't stop if you're, if you're single and you're on your own. But it's also, it's also okay to acknowledge that, you know what, okay, I've got, I'm great on my own. I've, I've established all of these things. I've covered all my bases. But you know what, I, wanna, I want somebody to take me to dinner, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's I- okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, I will be the first one to admit I need a man. I mean, who's going to do all the handiwork around the home, okay? <laughs> I t- That's a good point. Okay, I cannot use a hammer and nail to save my life, so. <laughs> and, I understand that. Yeah, because, you know, I'm too busy reading, just like you probably are. And, um, and then also, I think by having a man in your life, you're able to feel most womanly, most feminine when you are with a man. Don't you find that? I think that that is in a lot of ways true because the contrast is it reminds you, at least for me, you know, in my 
professional life, it's it's kind of neutral. I'm I'm covering all of the bases. I'm playing both of the traditional roles in my life on my own. So when a man is present in my life, there is that contrast there that does make me feel more feminine. It does allow me to feel that I'm expressing myself as a woman specifically um, more fully. So yeah, I, I absolutely do agree with you. It, it, it is a space to allow your, your femininity to shine through. And I think the women that say, I don't need a man, they're just mad. <laughs> they're angry. <laughs> you know, I think I think in a lot of a lot of times, yes, I think most of those women are. I think that it's a frustration, you know, that I don't I don't need a man. I give up, you know, I'm gonna take all my toys out of the sandbox and head home kind of feeling. But you know, but but I think it is still on the other side of that, the the feeling of being empowered where you don't you don't need a man. It's that you you want a man and that's a very powerful place to be in where you don't need to have something but you want it and you can accept that and you can acknowledge it and take steps to to move towards what you want yeah and the funny thing is you never hear the reverse you never hear a man saying i don't need a woman no no isn't that, isn't that interesting <laughs> okay I, I agree yeah um, moving on. Okay. Maybe you live in New York or L.A. And I actually did a show on this when I had my TV show called Dating in L.A. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure that was very interesting. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So th- this is such a, you know, an interesting topic that I I discuss with my girlfriends all the time and, and uh, my readers and, um, and, and the visitors to my, my site. You know, geographically, where you are geographically actually has a, a major impact on your dating experience. And I think a lot of people don't think about that. But, you know, when you move to a particular area for work or play or otherwise, other people have a similar mentality. And what's available where you live dictates what people, how people are going to spend their time. So if there are a lot of distractions, like there are in Los Angeles, and in New York, especially, mm-hmm. and other large cities, but those are, you know, the two major, major metropolitan areas in, the, in our country, there's so many distractions. Dating and relationships don't always fall at number one or two on people's priority list. They're not confronted with, you know, the moments where they're, they're having to decide, okay, well, you know, what do I do with my time since I don't have a significant other? Right. Whereas where I'm from, Michigan, you know, when it's, zero degrees or below zero, you don't want to leave the house. So you hope that there's somebody around that's close that you can spend your time with because you're definitely not going, you know, to the beach or, or something else yes. where, you know, that, that would be a distraction that was available to you somewhere else. So, you know, I think that, that we all have to have that in mind. And, and L.A. is a particular market, too, where people are, are constantly in a state of becoming, you know, there, there's people are chasing their own personal dreams, and it's not so much that they're focused on settling down into a family life or considering other people. So, you know, not that it's impossible to date in, in Los Angeles or New York. It's just, you know, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was one of the two reasons I gave, the fact that people are here uh, focusing on their career. Otherwise, you know, why would they come here most of the time? And then also there's right. m- more competition because all the beautiful people mm-hmm. from all around the world go to either New York or L.A. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. 
I always I said that the the Los Angeles was like the NBA of attractive women. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and so, but you know, in a way, it's good because it forces everyone to kind of step up their game. Do you know what I mean? That's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, we're not slouches in the looks department around here. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, having said that, obviously, people in LA and New York do get married. There are wedding planners here. There are bridal boutiques. So, uh, you know, although yes, that is true. I think it's also. Um, important to be positive and say, that's fine, but I'm still going to get married because people get married every day in New York and L.A. Right. I totally agree with you. People do get married. I think it's just a matter of, of understanding your values and understanding where you are um, and, and who who you're likely to encounter. So, you know, I, I recommend taking alternative paths to meet people when you're in cities like Los Angeles and New York. So, Online dating is a great avenue to meet people when you're in a large city like this, or also um, fundraisers or, or just, you know, kind of social events that are non-traditional, not your typical nightclub or, or other type of bar scene. You know, there's so many other ways to be proactive about meeting people, and I completely agree with you that it is possible to get married, to meet people, to date, to have wonderful experiences dating in large cities but you just have to be a little bit more proactive about it you know when you when you're in these places yeah actually uh, i met a guy from chicago and he goes he goes how did you manage to slip through the net he goes if you were if you live in chicago <laughs> he goes if you live in chicago you'd be snapped up in one minute <laughs> yeah that's true it's so true a 10 in la you know is really a 10 it's, it's you could be the most attractive woman in the world with all of the things on you know going on on the ball and still it's there's 10 more of you right around the corner you know so it's just the nature of big cities there are more options and you know but that means that there are better options for you as well here it's just a matter of finding the right person exactly okay moving on now uh, i was reading about this last night on uh, on facebook somebody asked a question about this and I know there's always controversy. It says, <laughs> it says maybe you only date one person at a time. Oh, yes. Women never want to so, date more than one person. And I totally agree with you. They got a date until they have a deal on the table. I totally could not agree more. And if I could stress anything other than clearly defining what you want, I would probably, this would be one of the top things on my list if I could get my girlfriend to to um, understand this and, and incorporate it in the way that they view their dating experience. Until you are married, you're single. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women will enter into these what I call fake marriages with the guys that they're dating. So they give the guy all the benefits of being married to him. They're you know they're completely faithful. They're always let you know available they're cooking dinner oh, they're putting him laundry. first they're doing everything that he could possibly want and he has no he has he feels no urgency or sense of anything because he's, he's comfortable and why wouldn't he be because he's got the benefits of a wife without having to have assumed the responsibility of being a husband so i say instead of, of doing this instead of locking yourself into this mock marriage if you're dating, date. And whatever you need to do to make sure that you stay emotionally um, stable enough to, to date multiple people, then do that. So if that means that you leave the physical 
kind of to the side for a while, then do that. You know, I know a lot of women say, well, I can't sleep with more than one person there. And you don't have to sleep with somebody just because you're dating them. So that's another thing to, you know, I think a lot of women um, may overlook, you know, or, or don't, or they don't really think about it. You don't have, just because you're, you're dating doesn't mean that you have to be fully intimate with that person. Right. And if that frees you up to date more than one person at a time, then please do that because you do not want to give the guy a false sense of security where he hasn't given you the same commitment. Yeah, the way I look at it, and you'll appreciate this, uh, you know, having the law degree, is when you, you know, when you're committed to a guy but you're not married, it's like being in a contract that only you have signed. That's exactly right. It's you wouldn't exactly tell someone right. to be in that contract. <laughs> exactly. You know, there was, um, I, I was doing a panel um, in D.C. a few months ago, and uh, one of the panelists, co-panelists said, you know, I like to go out on Friday night, and if one guy is not available, I want to have a roster of people that I can call until I get what I want. <laughs> Right. And I thought that was a really interesting perspective because you should have more than one option, you know, if you if you're dating. So yeah, and then you also yes, said, I, you also said meeting a new guy that you like is a code ten emergency. Right, <laughs> right. Because if you're single, you know, a lot of times you're just waiting for that person. You have this open space in your life. So when you meet someone, you automatically want them to fill that, that empty space and you give them so much latitude and, and oftentimes they weren't in the same, they weren't looking for what you were looking for. So they're just looking at you like a new cool person that they met and you're looking at them like the Prince Charming that you've been waiting for and holding your breath. Mm -hmm. So when I say you meet a guy that you like, it's a code to an emergency, meaning that he's not necessarily relationship ready when you met him so to give the relationship a chance to grow and to give you guys both an opportunity to get on the same page you should definitely meet somebody else and shift your focus so that you're not putting yourself into a place where he's not ready to meet you you know so you guys can progress at the same pace you should definitely be dating somebody else right okay we could talk about this one forever because this really, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we could do a whole show on this. <laughs> it really bothers me because I tell my girlfriends, hey, you got to date more than one person. They're like, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I understand, you know, it's a, it's a sense of, of being honest and having a level of integrity. But, you know, the reality is that women and men just don't operate in the same way. And he's likely dating somebody else. Or he, you don't occupy his thoughts at the same level that, he occupies yours, so you've got to do something to level the playing field. Exactly. Okay, moving on. Maybe mm -hmm. you're focused on the wrong qualities. Oh, yes. So, you know, and this goes back to not knowing what you want to a certain degree. You know, I think that instead of focusing on the experience that you're, you're looking to have with someone that you're dating, you tend to focus on objective criteria. So, you know, you're focused on his height or his job or his, you know, specific income or certain things that actually at the end of the day are never going to matter. What's going to matter is the compatibility between you and that person and how that translates into the experience that you share with them. So I, I was giving somebody an example that, you know, 
I could say that the sky was green and the guy I was dating could say that the sky was blue. And we don't have to agree about how we view these things. The other person could think the other person is completely crazy. But as long as we can laugh about it and as long as that doesn't affect our interaction, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. It's, it's all good. It's about compatibility. So as long as that doesn't cause an argument and somebody has to prove the other person wrong and you can accept each other's views however insane they might be or whatever, if it doesn't gel with how you view the world, it's okay. So I think people tend to look for qualities that at the end of the day don't matter when they should be focused on compatibility. Um, yeah, I love your story in there, and I really identified with this because I'm kind of this way about um, if you want a guy that has a six-pack and a sculpted body, that kind of guy, he's going to want payback for all that hard work that he's put in, so he's not going to go without, out with just anybody. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, at, just one woman is not enough for all that time in the gym. Because <laughs> I'm at, uh, you know, I'm at the gym like, you know, 12 hours a day with, I mean, not 12 hours, what am I saying, 12 hours a week and then dance classes on mm-hmm. top of that and cardio and it's like, well, I'm not going to just go out with just anybody, you know, I have to work for this body and I need someone that's going to compliment it. Exactly. Not just that, but it, might, it may take you more than one person to get what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. So that means we should stay away from all guys that have like a 5% body fat? Well, you know, I think that they should be on the suspect list until proven otherwise. Suspect list. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Everybody out there with a six-pack, you're all suspects. Um, exactly. Okay. Now, this one is similar to the one that I loved earlier. <laughs> The one about uh, the dating one person at a time. The male version of I'm dating other people or I'm not looking for anything serious, you say is the total opposite of the female version? Oh, my goodness, yes. I actually just had this conversation with a good guy friend of mine. Um, the other, I think it was maybe yesterday or it was Friday. He, you know, this is a guy that um, several of my girlfriends that don't know each other I, when I sit down with them, they're telling me, you know, about their the horrible relationship experience they've had, and they met this guy, and everything seemed perfect, and they don't understand why he's not calling them, and why this is, you know, the relationship turned out that way, and then at the end of the day, I, for, at some point, the, his name comes up, and it's the same guy, and it happens to be a friend of mine, so, this, <laughs> so, so I, just have, I just talked to him on Friday, I said, you know what? You are coming up in way too many conversations wow. with my girlfriends that don't know each other, and it's always the guy that, you know, treated them horribly, and it's you. And I don't understand, so we need to have a conversation. What is the deal? And he told me, you know, he said, Nikki, I am completely honest with these women. He said, I am just out to have sex, and that's all I wanted to do. I am not ready to be in a relationship I am I am not ready to, to settle down. It's going to be two years, at least two to three years from now, because of where I am personally. I don't have the time for it. So I'm just looking to have fun, and I tell them that. And he said, and where they go wrong every single time is they think that they can change me. Mm-hmm. They think that the sex is going to be so good that I'll change my mind or that, you know, they're going to be the, you know, smarter than any girl I've ever dated or more interesting. He's like, at the end of the day, I, this is not my first rodeo. So nobody is going to, you're not going to be smarter than the smartest girl I've ever met. The sex is not going to be better than the, you know, best sex I've ever had. The, you're, you're not going to make me laugh more than the funniest girl I've ever, you know, talked to. He's like, so 
it's really about me and where mm-hmm. I am at a given time. And I, I'm honest and women don't listen. So, you know, what I, what I try to explain, I think women delude themselves into saying, you know, thinking, well, I'm just having fun. I'm not looking to settle down right now. When the way that they're really looking at it is I, I'm not looking to settle down, but settling down is an option. You know, there's still, there's still some evaluation mm-hmm. of the person they're with yeah. there. You know, it could be, there's some options that are open, right. but for a guy that's just having fun, he really doesn't even care if he remembers your name. It's not wow. even, it, it's, it's <laughs> inconsequential to him. And it has been, it's been confirmed in more than that recent conversation, but it was but that one uh, conversation in particular made me think of, of this, of this, actual segment of my book and I told him about it because I said I wanted to do a a video episode about it to explain it to women a little bit more in depth because I think so many of us are delusional about this so Mm -hmm. it's just not the same thing no and you also said that a man you know if you ask him he'll tell you if he wants to be single because he isn't going to let any he's not going to tell you anything he doesn't want you to know right right and women don't want to ask questions and I think that's another place where we go wrong, where we feel like it means something more than what it does when we ask things that we have the right to know if we're, if we're spending time with this person. Like, you, you know, you're, it, there's nothing wrong with asking somebody if they're seeing other people. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with asking somebody if, they want, if they're looking to be in a relationship. And that, and just asking that doesn't mean that you're telling them that you want to be in a relationship with them, you know? And I think a lot of times we feel like if we ask the question, then that means somehow that that person should imply that we want them in that way. You know, if we ask, are you looking for a relationship? Then that somehow means I want to be in a relationship with you, which it doesn't. It's just a question. So, you know, I try to encourage my girlfriends to ask as many questions as possible and to get full information from the guy that's going to save them a lot of heartache. Yeah, you know, and I used to be that way. It's like, oh, I could never tell someone I was looking for a relationship or I wanted a boyfriend. And, uh, you know, because it was almost like it was like forbidden. You know, it's like, no, you cannot say that. It's a, it's a secret. And, uh, and, that, and then ever since, you know, I've changed my mind. I'm like, no, you know what? Right now I want a relationship. I want a boyfriend. And if someone doesn't want it, then they can piss off. And so, exactly. <laughs> so that's my attitude. That's my attitude. And so I have no problem telling anybody I talk to. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And if it scares someone away, then good. Exactly. But see, that's, that's the... That is the secret, I think, that and it, it's not really a closely guarded secret. It's not really even a secret. But, right. you know, if, a, if you say what you want and the person you're with cannot accept that, then good riddance. You do not want to waste your time because you are not going to do something so magical that's going to transform this person <laughs> between now and three months from now. It's going to be the same person that didn't want to meet your needs three months from now as it is today. So you might as well just go ahead and put your needs and your wants on the table so that you can, you both are on the same page and you can waste as little time as possible with somebody that's not interested in giving you what you want and need. Yeah, I mean, I think we should be looking to, instead of looking for reasons to be with someone, we should be looking for reasons to get rid of them. 
<laughs> well, definitely, if, if a reason comes up, you should definitely yeah, well, yeah, get rid true. of them. Right, I do right, agree right. with that. <laughs> but, you know, we always, like, make excuses and go, oh, but it's okay, blah, blah, blah. Instead, we should go, no, that's, you know, he's out of here. You know, like, yeah, well, go, I, go through guys quicker. Right. Well, I think you definitely have to draw your, your lines. And, you know, I, I say, too, the just because you're with someone doesn't mean you're supposed to be with them. So, you know, this inertia of wanting to stay with the person that we're already with leads to a lot of trouble because you start making excuses and start accepting less than what it is that you really want and you really need because, you know, you're already with this person, you feel like you're invested, you know, you want to keep things consistent, but at the end of the day, they're not the right person for you and the writing is on the wall, you know, just because, so get out of there. And you have every right and 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 means to leave. Um, it's just you know you you can't hold yourself back just because you're in the situation. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago when I still wasn't admitting that I wanted a relationship, I was out with this guy on our second date, and he says, "Oh, you're gonna want a commitment." And oh. <laughs> and I said, oh. "What what makes you think that?" And he goes, "Well, you're a woman, aren't you?" <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, I, you should have told him you should be so lucky. Well, I probably said something like that, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if that happened today, I'd be like, okay, thank you very much. No more dates with you. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I mean, people, you know, generally, I think men will tell you where they are, what they're looking for, what they want. And you, as a woman, I cannot stress this more. Your only responsibility is to believe them believe them and I put that I, I definitely put that in my book that you know if a guy tells you if he would even take make the effort to form the word with his mouth <laughs> that he is not looking for something yes. with you and says that to you yeah. oh he means it he means it yeah because he's not I mean, joking if, if, <laughs> if he's interested in a woman he's not going to say oh no I'm not looking for anything he's not going to want to scare her away Right. No, 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 no. He, if he's interested and he wants what you're, what you've, and it's not personal, but if he wants what you have at the time that you two have happened to come into each other's space, there will be no mention of, I'm not looking for something. <laughs> it does. It, it just don't work like that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Moving on to sex. Um, <laughs> the next one is maybe you can't get the sex thing right. Oh, yes, yes. See, I do, and I don't know if people, when they see that, that topic in my book come up, they think that I'm talking about anything specific, right, but it right. is so conceptual. It's so basic, but, you know, I think, and this goes back to thinking that you can, you know, change somebody. Women, we feel like, you know, so much stress and emphasis is placed on you know, our sexual behavior, we feel like if we have sex with someone, it's going to mean something so significant that it's going to be world changing. You know, the world starts spinning in the opposite direction as soon as we sleep with someone, which is not the case in either way. It's not, it doesn't make a man like you more. It's not going to make him like you where he didn't. And it's not going to make him not like you if he already did like you. It's, the only thing, the only problem you run into is if you've stepped outside of your comfort zone, and especially if you've done that, thinking that it's going to result in some kind of return that the other person is not even aware of. So what I, what I do say in that part of the book is, you know, whatever, if you sleep with a man on Saturday for the first time, 
whatever happened on Friday, you should expect to happen on Sunday. If he wasn't calling you Friday, he's not going to call you Sunday. If he was calling you Friday, he'll probably call you Sunday. You know, it's, it's just, it's not as significant as we think it is, and it's definitely not a means to an end. Yeah, and if, and if the sex was that great, then the only reason he's going to be calling you is because he wants more great sex. That's all. Exactly, and, and that's just not sustainable. Right, and then also, um, if a guy does fall in love as a result of sex, then that's like a feminine quality, and that leads to other issues. It, it definitely, I think, does. And, you know, if sex is the only thing that's keeping you together, you know, that, to me, it's an indication, this is just my personal opinion, that he's going to possibly look for that somewhere else, too, because at a certain point, you know, if you eat steak every day, eventually mm-hmm. you're going to want a hamburger. Right, right. And so if he falls in love with you because the sex was great and then he has sex with someone else and the sex was even better, then he's going to leave. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, moving on to, of course, my um, favorite topic, younger men. Uh, oh, yeah. You say maybe the men you're dating are too young. Yes, and that is in the section, um, if you're not married, and, you know, I divided my book into sections because I feel like, you know, we all are in different phases, and we're all in, 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 if we're single, we're in different types of of single, you know, you can be, you can be single, um, meaning that you're not married, single that you're not dating, or single where you're not even meeting anybody, so I try to address all of those phases of, you know, of of being outside of a relationship. So in that particular segment, that's very specific to getting married. Because from what I found in my research, um, overwhelmingly, that before a certain age, men just are not ready to get married. And that age increases depending on the metropolitan, how big the metropolitan area is Mm -hmm. that they're living in. So, you know, where a guy might be ready to get married at 30 or 28 in a different city that's outside of, you know, a major metropolitan area like Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, you know, when you're in these big areas, you've got to be pushing closer to 40. The, the, The larger the city, the closer to 40. And the reason is, is that men have a level of comfort that they need to reach before they're ready to assume the responsibilities of marriage. And so it just takes longer in, in certain places to get to that place because life is more expensive, the career path is longer, you know, there's more distractions. So, you know, if you, if you want to get married and that's really where your focus is, then you, you really should be evaluating men that are at the age where they reach a certain comfort level with the concept of marriage and that they're ready to get married. When you say comfort, do you mean comfort with the idea of marriage or just comfort in their life financially? Well, I think they're, they're, the two concepts are actually related. From the men that I've talked to in the research that I've done, their comfort, I mean, they understand what marriage is. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of gets, gets the concept. But their comfort with, with being part of a marriage in large part is related to their comfort with themselves and where they've, what, what they've achieved personally and how well they're able to sustain themselves and, and a family in the context of a marriage. Okay. So then, so then if it is someone younger, but let's say for some reason they're wildly successful, 
um, then they might then might be okay to marry them or to try to marry them because let's say they're 28 but they have you know two million dollars then they might be more open to marriage no well they might be but then you know then there's a question of maturity and then you know maybe they feel like they need some to sow their oats and they have you know all the options in the world and they want to exercise them so you know it really just boils down to asking the guy what he's looking for you know are you looking to get married and I have found, I ask every guy that I meet, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'm just talking to guys that I meet for more information to, yeah. you know, pass along to right, my girlfriends. Right. And too. sometimes I'm looking for, for my own personal information, but I ask every single guy that I meet, are you looking to get married? Are you ready to get married right now? And nobody has freaked out at the question. Uh-huh. You know, some guys say, no, I'm, I'm not. Or some guys say, yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty close to that age. You know, if it's, or if it's the right person, I'm looking to get married, definitely. You know, so it's a valid question. I think women should start asking. Uh, yeah, one love coach I know says to ask on the first date. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. My cousin asked her husband that on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> and and he said no. <laughs> that I am not ready to get married, but, you know, that's her husband now, so, you know, not that that she changed him, Uh it was just that they were able to, because they were honest with each other, they were able to develop a friendship, and then when he was ready to get married, they were still friends, and they were still in each other's life, so then the nature of their relationship changed, but she, you know, she was dating other people in the interim, and and she never stopped her life. Once she got the information she needed, she could evaluate it. And, you know, it was a great experience for both of them. I think that's a great idea to ask on the first date, are you ready to get married soon? <laughs> and if the guy yeah. says yeah. no, then you go, okay, fine. So he's going to be just a friend. There'll be no sex. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. And then that way you won't be tempted to have sex with him if you're really serious about marriage. And then maybe you develop a friendship. And then before you know it, hey, he's ready. That's exactly, that's exactly right. I've had numerous, I have friends in my life, you know, male friends in my life now that happen, the reason why we're friends is because we were not looking for the same thing Mm -hmm. that came out very early in our interaction with each other. And we were able to shift the, the context of our relationship to something that was sustainable. So, you know, I'm, and as they, mature, you know, we're still in each other's lives. There's always, you know, an option to revisit if that makes sense. And otherwise, we're, I have great friends, you know, and nobody's upset. Right. So Right. Okay, let's try to get a few more in here before we have to end. Uh, maybe, sure. maybe you're trying to take things slow, and you said intensity will make the representative disappear. So explain the representative, <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Well, the representative is the person that you meet when you first meet a guy. And eventually that person leaves and introduces you to the real person that you're dating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the representative is the guy that acts perfectly. He calls when he's supposed to. He is always on time. He plans dates. He shows up. He does all of the things that you want him to do. And then as soon as something shifts, you know, there's that magical moment. Mm -hmm. And then everything changes. So, you know, part of the way to, to get through that representative, and I think a lot of women, you know, they, they're upset when that happens and they think they did something and they didn't. It's just that guy was pretending and now he's not pretending anymore. 
So, you know, one of the ways to cut through all of that nonsense is to start asking questions and to, you know, really engage and not necessarily in an intimate way. You don't have to sleep with them, but just start asking questions and spending time and really, you know, getting to know that person as a person because, you know, that that level of intensity, that scrutiny, the questions, all of that is going to make the real person come out one way or another. So if you let them live in a representative state where you're not, you know, making very many demands of them, you're not asking too many questions, you're not, Mm. you know, forcing them to be who they really are, then you're going to have the representative stick around, but eventually they're going to leave. So you really, you want to know as quickly as possible who it is you're actually dealing with. So I say don't, you know, live under these false pretenses, not asking questions, trying to keep things light. Get in there and, and really figure out, who you're dealing with. Yeah, um, I remember this one time I was dating someone and we had been dating about a month and that and that was when something came up where he wanted me to drive. And, uh, you know, I believe, mm. the, I believe the man should drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm European, I'm old-fashioned. And, uh, and so we got into, an, not an argument, but just, you know, a discussion about that. And uh, I said to him, well, I said, I'm European and so if you want a woman that drives, maybe you need to date an American. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, at least you told him, you know, there's nothing wrong with having requirements and and how you, I think a lot of people will tell you that, you know, the way that you want things to be is wrong. You know, there's something wrong with it because it doesn't gel with the way that people, the majority of people view things, you know, or or the way that the trends are, are progressing. But I feel like you as a person are unique and you deserve what makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel special and appreciated. So if you want somebody to drive, that is fine. You just have to find somebody <laughs> that likes to drive. Right. And there are plenty of people. Yes. Well, to me, that's always a red flag because Jeremy, the man wants to be in control. And so if he wants the mm-hmm. woman to drive, I'm like, okay, what else is he going to want me to do? <laughs> he's he's going to want you to give him his bottle. <laughs> yes. Yes. Take care of him. <laughs> Do his laundry, pick him up and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, another one is maybe you're playing too hard to get. So what does that mean? Well, you know, I have this wonderful quote. I just did a, an event in New York, and one of the panelists said, women should stop playing hard to get and start playing hard to keep. Mm-hmm. And it was from a guy, and I loved that. Yes. So, you know, what I, what I say is that you should be open to meeting people and getting to know people, you know, cast your net wide, but make sure that you keep your standards and your requirements at a level that not everybody gets past the gate, you know? Not everybody gets, everybody gets into the net where you're able to evaluate them, you get to know them, they get to know you, but you shouldn't make a commitment and you shouldn't compromise any of your standards and values. So, you know, the best way to, to characterize it, I think, is that quote where, you know, you're, you're not hard to get, you're not hard to get to know, but you are hard to keep, meaning that you have certain standards and values that you're going to maintain and you won't accept anything less than that. So somebody has to, if they're going to get to know you and be in your life, they have to be consistent with the way that they started. But, you know, it's important to not exclude people and from your base of who you're getting to know just because of something arbitrary or because you're, you know, you're too standoffish. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I totally agree with that because I think women, they do it the opposite. It's like they're hard to get, and then once you get them, then they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> they have, you know, they just stay there, and you can treat them any way you want, but they were, they played so hard to get for so long, and then once you get them, they just, the house of cards collapses. Exactly, exactly. They're, you know, they, they, they made it so hard to get to know them that only the most persistent representative gets through and then now they're stuck with that person, and when the representative leaves, you know, then they have to start making excuses for the real person who's no longer treating them well. Right. So, you know, I think consistency is what you should be looking for, not that initial, you know, over-the-top whatever that somehow meets this ridiculous standard just for somebody to be able to get to know you. Yeah, um, there's this quote that came to mind right now. It says, uh, love walks in on tiptoe and bangs the door when it leaves. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think when, when true love does walk in, you don't even notice it. It kind of just happens. Right. It's true. And, and you never know where it's coming from or who it's coming from. All you know, it's just a process. And then the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, this person has consistently treated me well, has consistently been a person that, you know, I can count on and, and has my best interest at heart. And you can only find that out over time. Exactly. Well, Nikki, it's been wonderful having you on. Well, it's been a pleasure for me. It's been great talking with you. Yes. And, of course, again, the book is called Maybe It's You. Stop Wondering Why You're Single, Girlfriend, and read this book. And, of course, yes. uh, your website. What goes on at your website there? Well, I post uh, video episodes of, you know, I expand on topics that are in the book, just kind of like the conversation that we've been having um, during your show. Mm -hmm. And I also have um, discussions on my Facebook page, just, you know, certain topics I'll throw out and, and people that come to the Facebook page comment. And we, we, we have an actual conversation a couple times a week. So Great. that's what's going on with me. All right, wonderful. And, of course, the website is NikkiNokes.com, and the link will be on the L.A. Radio uh, Talk Radio page. So thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Okay, take care. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. You can always learn more. I like that. Be hard to keep. Not hard to get, hard to keep. That's right. Okay, so... Uh, my website is theartoflove.net and it's just been redone. It's not totally done. That's why I haven't really announced it, but I'm giving you the preview. The first page looks fabulous, even though it's still not ready. <laughs> but I love my latest news section. That's the part I love the best. You can see what I've been up to in the uh, past few weeks. And that's theartoflove.net. Of course, my book is lessonsoflove.net, where you can read an excerpt from my book. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.